You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Mistress of None podcast. I am Aaron Harks. I think this is episode eight. I should really keep track of that kind of thing. Uh, it's been a blast so far. I am getting to talk to some pretty amazing people. I put a post up asking if there was somebody that you wanted me to interview. And like any other time I crowdsource on social media, I instantly regretted it. Uh, some of the suggestions that were made, I'm sure were in jest, but if they were serious, y'all don't know me at all. Um, I I have enough people though, I just thought it would be fun. I actually did hear from one person that I was like, oh my God, yes, I would love to interview them. Uh, they nominated themselves and I am all about it. So I will be checking in with that person soon. Uh, this guest today, I'm very excited about. I love everybody that I get to talk to it, I that's part of the criteria, obviously, is and the beauty of hosting my own podcast is that I pick who I talk to and I only talk to people that I think are really interesting. And so far, I think everyone has agreed that they're pretty interesting. I don't ever want to rank anybody, but I am super duper duper excited about my guest today because he and I go way back. And he was probably one of the first people to put my stuff on the radio, which means the absolute world to me. And we've always stayed in touch and worked together here and there. We get together occasionally for, you know, some some coffee or some breakfast food. We'd both really enjoy the breakfast food. But he's just an all-around awesome guy. It's uh, Jason Keller from WEQX, and we're going to talk to him in a little bit. I think that I I wonder what people think about this. It, it'll probably be mostly, you know, I'm not like Irma Bombeck or anything like that. That's a thing, right? Uh, but I'm really considering after all of my travels in the past few weeks or past couple of months even or years even writing some sort of like etiquette or having maybe a segment on here before I close out every day, like called Aaron's Etiquette. I know that I'm not a perfect person. I know that I, I'm sure, have tons of peccadillos or faux pas all over the place. But just watching other people in public, and I mean, cell phones are definitely a big part of it and a big problem for people that, that can't focus when they're in crowded places. But overall, it's just this like lack of awareness that I've noticed. I think the thing I would probably tackle first is what kind of person stops at the top of an escalator to like, you know, like get their bearings, look at their phone, do, you know, their taxes. I don't know, like that you need to fucking move. This is it's going to be a pile up of people or the top of even stairwells or doorways or anything like that. I just, I can't tell you. I wish I had more patience. I don't know. Like I, maybe I should call the segment, is it me? 
Uh, but I don't think that it is. I think it's just like common sense and common courtesy to just make room for other people that are around you and not just stop. Even in the middle of like a walkway, just move to the side. Like I'd be in the airport and people are like, you know, hustling to get to their gates and running around and you, you've got a lot of bags and I know they're heavy and you're probably tired but it really will only take you two extra seconds to just move over to the side. People just stop dead in their tracks for the dumbest reasons. I mean, I don't know their reasons, but they seem dumb. That's probably my, my biggest beef. That's probably what I would open with. Um, again, I'm, I'm no expert, but I do, I do, I am aware that there are other people around me. Like when I'm in the shopping, the shopping, the grocery store, and someone leaves their cart on one side of the aisle to look at something on the other side of the aisle and they're bent over in like a flat back what is that yoga position like like a half you know when you do the standing and then you bend over and then you go half back up that and they're effectively taking up the entire aisle with their body and their cart I don't get it. Anyway, I just, maybe it's me. We'll delve into that later. Anyway, uh, it's been a little musician heavy lately on the podcast, which is fine because that's the bulk of what I do and that's the bulk of who I know. So I'm super excited today to talk about somebody that knows quite a bit about music and is on arguably one of the coolest radio stations in the land, not just locally. Uh, he, again, has been... A great friend. I always have these amazing conversations with him every time we meet for for breakfast or lunch. It's we have to chalk out like two solid hours. We have to make sure that we both have something to do after that so that we don't sit there all fucking day. But uh he is the best. I really enjoy him very much and I'm very excited to be interviewing him today. Stick around, we've got Jason Keller coming up. You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. Hello, everybody. This is Erin Harks with the Mistress of None podcast. My guest today, I'm so excited. My guest today is Jason Keller. How are you? Erin, I'm excited to be with you. I've known you for a long time to, through many different parts of your career, my career. And here we are at the place I work every day, 1027 EQX. We are at EQX. I drove the beautiful drive through to Manchester, Vermont today. Um, Jason thanked me, which was not necessary. It was my idea. I wanted this backdrop. I wanted to record here. I wanted, like I was saying, I was trying to absorb some of the the coolness that I, I long for in my life. And just by being here, I feel like automatically cool. It's just such a cool place. The, the station is amazing. Everybody knows that. You're amazing. Thank you so much for finding the time to talk with me. Well, of course. You know, I'm part of the story now of this radio station, at least this part of our conversation. Radio station EQX has been on the air since November 1984. I've been here as the afternoon drive host 
and also the production director. I just do a lot of behind the scenes things since 2013. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So through 10 years, you learn a lot of stories, you become a part of a lot of stories, and you learn a lot of the history of this building that we are in that's been the radio station since, well, I want to say 1984 is when we went on, but, you know, it takes years to put it sure. on. Sure. But, yeah, this is in a 100-year-old-plus house. Yeah. Incredible spot. Yeah, it's like I was saying, it's a very unique spot for a radio station. Obviously, not where most places are. Most uh, radio stations are in like some little corporate building and, you know, very sterile, somewhat environment, um, like little dirty studios in an otherwise sterile office warehouse kind of space. So this is definitely super unique, which which lends itself to the uniqueness that is this very independent, proudly independent uh, radio station. And happy anniversary on ten years. I hope they got you a cake. Um, I think I got a few extra days off. Okay. <laughs> yeah, which is what I asked for. Which is better than cake sometimes. <clears throat> it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like you started probably just as like uh, a jock. That's what, is that what you guys call each other? Or is that just the one sign? I think you saw an old sign that was discouraging people from barging <laughs> into studios. So I know that sign you're talking about. It's an old folded over piece of paper. Beware the jocks, which comes from disc jockey. Which we don't really say it. I think around here, it's just what shift or show you're doing. Mm -hmm. But if you want to talk on your taxes, you, you know, the most official title, on-air personality. All right. I, yeah. I do I do like jock. You I, can stick I, with that. I right. know you like it. I'd be lying if I said I didn't like that. But uh, this I want you bad. to have it. Thank you. So as a jock. Yeah, um, sure. But I know that you're also a go-getter. So I'm sure that you started as not just a jock or just an afternoon DJ, I could see you starting in one position and then showing your worth and working your way to kind of make sure that you are now embedded in, in the history of EQX. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, at EQX, I came in as that position, but that's because, you know, and you and I have known each other for a while early on, even really early, um, senior year college, I was committed to the idea of being an on-air personality or a jock, as you would call it. And I just knew it was going to happen. Like no one could stop me from making it happen. It's something awesome. that I had in my mind and I needed to make happen. So my first position was weekend overnights. I was 22 years old, Burlington, Vermont, you know, the 3 a.m. shift, which unfortunately for a lot of aspiring broadcasters, it's just not available mm -hmm. anymore just through automation. But there is a freedom in just being terrible yeah, and having somebody open the door for you and say, this this person has a spark, a something. And that's any of us. I mean, in any field, but especially entertainment, broadcast, anything, uh, comedy. You need somebody to give you some stage time beyond an open <laughs> mic. Yeah. You know, there has to be somebody with a little bit of sense that says this person can do something. And that's mm -hmm. that's where I came in with the on-air world. Okay. And then uh, from that station, so what, what year was that, if you don't mind sharing? No, that? I don't mind at all. Uh, that was 1995. Okay. I was a senior in college. Okay. And I just started putting these demos together. Terrible. Were they on cassette? Made on a double cassette recorder. I love it. Abso absolutely <laughs> on a, uh, a cassette player. And I was coming from college radio, WPLT in Plattsburgh, which for the first year of my studies there, I was too nervous mm -hmm. to go to the school radio station. And I kind of use that as a reminder of how all of us, most of us, are standing on the edge of a diving board 
of doing something we want to do. Yeah. And I remember when I moved into school, my parents were moving my stuff in and my mom said, you know, they have a radio station here. And I just, I just like shut it down because I was just too nervous. Yeah. So it took me a year. And then by the end, I was in charge of the school radio station. Yeah, it was a big like 70 person organization. Wow. Yeah. That, you worked your way right up. Absolutely worked my way up. All and right. I, I went to school with some people who are incredibly successful in broadcasting now and other fields. And I'm, I'm really proud of the people that I met. Along Can you the mention way. some of them? Sure. Uh, Jackson Blue, who is out of Boston and he is a syndicated personality. Also, another guy I worked with. We had a talk show. Get ready for this compelling title. It was called Campus Talk. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve Migliori, <laughs> who goes by Migs, he is uh, a morning show host and a professional wrestler out of Seattle. Um, Joe Walsh, who is a television producer in the area. He's, a, he's just a mad genius. And people who didn't pursue this, but just happen to be really creative That's people. awesome. Yeah. So, so. It, yeah, it's got to feel, it's nice that you're obviously like proud and happy for your peers, but you feel like kind of like a familial connection with these people. So it's nice to see you each succeed in your own ways and yes and when i see them you know through either every now and then conversations or social media i i get excited and i think yeah i i could see that coming yeah it just you know you see people and you're like yep yep no doubt yeah and i like that that's great uh so when uh what was your next job after the the college well actually i, I worked in this old woman's garden <laughs> <laughs> okay, your next radio job. I mean, if you want to talk yeah. about the garden, it's your time. So. Yeah, well, the garden, you know, I I wanted to do this, but nothing works on your timeline. Mm. And so my buddy Seth got me this job at this woman's garden, and she used to yell at me a lot. Oh. And she made the worst peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> How do you fuck up peanut butter and jelly? She did. I don't know. She used the old, weird, old lady peanut butter. Okay. Or something. Ugh. But yeah, it was me and Rupert and Steve. I, we worked out in the, the yard. I was 22. Rupert was 74 and Steve was 82. Okay. So it was a pretty exciting workplace. Yeah. And that was just uh, an adventure. It was like two weeks, but it felt like two months, one of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, I'm just knocking on doors. I was also doing a community theater show because I was a theater minor in school. So I had the performance bug one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I just kept knocking on doors and eventually I got... This one guy who I just saw last year, and I hadn't seen him in 20 plus years, Steve Cormier. His nickname is Corm, but he was a big uh, program director and also a morning show personality in yeah. the Burlington area. And he opened the door for me. Very and, cool. And gave me a shot to um, just learn. Okay. Yeah. So everybody Which is all you're something. really asking for, you know? Yeah. I, my demo tape was so weird, though, coming out of college radio that I got this interview at what you would think of like a soft rock station or Celine Dion would be playing or something. And I remember sitting in this this one program director's office and I love that he gave me a chance, but it was the exact sort of place that you described earlier, like one of those corporate shiny buildings. And he's sitting there listening to me with the weirdest demo with like space alien sounds. And he looks at me and he goes, are you sure you want to work here? Oh. And I said, yes, yes, I do. And it didn't work out, but I thought, you know what? As a young person at that point, what made an impact was he at least showed me the respect yeah. of having a meeting. And I think those those things really make a mark on yeah. us. That's great. Yeah. I and I mean in, in industries like this, you tend to face a lot of rejection. So good for you for taking that and not 
letting it derail you because I know how easily that can happen when you don't get the feedback you were hoping for, especially when somebody's like, are you sure that this is your life's dream, essentially, is what he said. Yes. And I think I felt it, too. But he was so polished and it looked like if a country club had a radio station. It was, <laughs> it was so clean. And I thought, I don't want to work here, but I will work for you and do this. I'm so glad he said, he didn't even really say no. He yeah. just shifted me off somewhere else. And what were, what were you wearing that day? What oh, you... probably this baseball cap that I was like totally connected to. I, I think I remember. I had like a, yeah. I had Did that like last a... into the late 90s, early aughts? I'd say that lasted too long. Yes. And then I finally got with the program and, and kicked that cap habit. And a little curly fro yeah, is happening around it. Yeah, I'm a lot tighter. It. A little tighter now. Yeah. But I'm glad he said no. And then I did. I just, no one could dissuade me. Good. That's yeah. that's amazing. That's yeah. actually somewhat rare. But it's good that you you not only have the confidence, but you actually have the uh, the wherewithal to back it up, you know? So. I do. And also, you know, a sort of very very tunnel vision dream can mm -hmm. also be problematic when you don't, you know, you're aiming for one thing and you, you don't get the exact one thing that too can be, you can be a slave to yeah. your dream. And I do believe that mine has over time, the dream should shift on some level. Uh, it has to be tweaked a little because even your industry changes. Yeah. So the thing I wanted then has changed a little. So I'm always kind of reevaluating, even though I'm pretty deep, into this career, I'm always thinking about well, what did I do today, or is there what's next, or and it doesn't mean I don't love EQX, nothing of that sort. Yeah. Just what about me <clears throat> as a person? Where's it going? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I sometimes like even though you're really happy in in a position, you know, like professionally or emotionally or whatever, like it, there's a point where it might start to feel almost complacent. Like, shouldn't I be trying for X, Y, Z? And I think that's how certain people feel. And it's not a knock on what's going on. Like, it's not to say I'm not happy with what I have right now, but like, shouldn't I be doing something else? Right. Is that 100%? Yeah. I think it's a pretty natural thing, unless you're in such like an incredible gravy train position that you'd be a fool to leave those are that's a very small percentage but yeah over time you start defining like well maybe i like this area or i like the people i work with i at eqx it's a it's a great crew and it's one of the last of these kind of radio stations not that other stations don't have great people it's not no. about that it's about this structure one radio station it's very random and very weird to have such a an impactful station on the especially the new and alternative music field and it still makes such an impact on the music charts and how bands are going and a lot of on-air people and how we grow. So, yeah, it's for me, it's never like what's better. It's just more of a curiosity as a human. Yeah. And I, like, I, yeah, never like because I always worry. I used to, of course, set my standards and my goals like unattainably high. And when I settled them down a little bit and said I would just like to support myself doing this. I was able to achieve that. And then I was like, okay, I would like to do this as well. And I was able to achieve it. So I set like less lofty goals, which might seem like I lacked ambition, but I was just being more um, practical and I was able to tick those boxes. And so, but I, yeah, I wonder sometimes I'm like, it's not that I like, you know, I've heard a phrase one time, if like, you're not happy with what you have, what makes you think you'd be happy with more. And I'm like, but but I don't want to ever stop. 
You know, I want to feel like I'm, there's got to be something else. I want to make sure that I've done all the things that I want to do. Yeah. And that, that leads us also to these little phrases. And I, I heard in your first episode when you're kind of joking about cliches and things of that sort. And yeah, you always see these things that like, you know, on your deathbed, you'll never miss this, that. Yeah, I know, but hopefully I'll just be on the deathbed once and it doesn't make the other things bad. Like something wrong with having like a car that runs or yeah. I want to go to work and do something great. Like, yeah, guess... you won't wish that you worked more. It's like, no, but if you really like what you do, then work is not a chore. Yeah. Plus I have to work. I can't, I'm not going to go out in the woods and live off grubs or something. Like <laughs> I need a living. <laughs> so yeah. Well, you're in Vermont. So, I mean, I'm sure you could find people that could help you live that grub eating lifestyle if you wanted to. Yeah. About a hundred yards from where we're sitting. Exactly. I'm connected around here. I bet you are. Absolutely. I bet you are. You know, a good grub dealer. I should. I should. I'll put one on my list. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I won't ever wish that I worked more, but I, you know, I just got back from from a trip. I got to go away for a couple of weeks and I had somebody make a joke about how much money I make. And then in the same breath said something about, oh, you couldn't have taken a day off between the day you got back and the day we had to do that wedding. And I was like, no, because I had this block of time that was free and I wanted to utilize every single minute of it with something that wasn't work. And it maybe not great planning on my part because I was exhausted and I like tired myself into being sick, but it was like, I work all the time, but then I give myself those two weeks to go do something amazing. So it's like, it's not rocket science for how that works. Like you see how hard I work, you see how often I'm doing more stuff and new stuff and out there. And it's like, yeah, then I get to go away for a couple of weeks. So. And uh, why do people have to be up in your business? We're all wired different. Yeah. People are, people say things, I think, and I'm sure you have experienced this. People say things because they want to connect with you. But unfortunately for them, they're not very good at connecting with people in a natural way. So they say very awkward things that they think are compliments. I was just discussing this with another guest earlier um, when somebody will like say to me and they mean it as a compliment, like, what are you doing here? Meaning like I should be, you know, in Hollywood or I should be in Nashville or something like that. And they mean it as a compliment. But to me, I take it like, oh, this isn't enough. And that really reflects on them. That's a very strange way to position a statement in general. And I saw that with a band that we had at the annual EQX Pearl Palooza show. This band that really hasn't been together more than a year. But they've got a couple songs that are just doing well on alternative radio. And for a lot of these bands, playing a, a show like Pearl Palooza, an outdoor festival, whether it's Albany or any other city, you may have done well in, in Los Angeles where you've got your following, but you have to go out and prove yourself in every city. Yeah. And somebody at this show, you know, I at those events, I bump into a lot of people because it's you know, my sphere of influence there. I'm, I'm a host with the thing, with the yeah. festival. So people come up and talk to you about a lot of things. And somebody who I really do think meant well, because I, I don't know, I shouldn't be in the, the business of interpreting what other people say. But he said, boy, I guess if they're playing on this stage, they realize they haven't made it yet. I thought- What the fuck? Exactly. So I have my poker face on and I said, well, I said, I'm going to give it to you a little differently. And this is really what I said is, they did do well. They got the record deal. They, they're they on the radar. But this is a reminder that new bands have to go to new cities and prove themselves every time. And that's what they're doing. And 
I don't really try and back out of it, apologize. It's it's sort of like politely. You, you are very pushing. diplomatic, though. I, I, I diplomatic. appreciate how you answer questions. I don't yeah. understand it, but I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because I honestly, I would like Pearl Palooza would be a huge coup to me. I know that I don't have the right style of music, but like, I I can't imagine somebody looking at that as like, oh, you haven't made it. Like that's a ridiculous statement. Was it this is. person a musician? That I don't know, but they were a music fan. Oh. And to me, um, I am just somebody who, whether it's concerts or live theater or comedy or anything I like to go to, I'm not a natural critic, but I will push back on things that I think are absurd. And to me, when I see the band up there and people are starting to kind of figure out who they are, every performance matters. And you can get lost as an audience member and like, I don't care what city I'm in. I don't care what room I'm in. But real performers know how to turn it on for eight people or 800 people. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, man, you need to be calibrated differently. Yeah. When that guy talked to me, I thought, and I get some of the strangest things thrown at me that, yes, I do feel like like a White House press secretary sometimes because, and that diplomacy does play into naturally who I am, but I do get flung a lot of turds at me for lack of a more... No, I, hey, I love the the flinging of turds. I understand that. And I deflect. I deflect turds. I mean, I I think my favorite, one of my favorites is uh, just recently was said to me, and this has actually been said to me multiple times throughout the years, um, where somebody looks at a flyer or a, a card of mine or something with a picture and will say, that's a terrible picture of you. People say that? Oh, yeah. And I'm like. I'm not being naive, but what a terrible thing to say yeah. to another human being. And I'll go, well, that's rude. And I immediately will call them out. Like, that's not very nice to say. They're like, no, 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 no. I mean, because you're a very pretty girl. This just isn't a good picture of you. And I go, but that's still my face that you are commenting on. Absolutely. This woman the other night, she was like, well, you just look really old in that picture. She's going backwards and backwards. Yeah. And like she tried to make it better and she just kept making it worse. And I was like, you're talking about a picture of my face, whether or not she goes, I'm just saying, I go, just stop. You are, you are being insulting. It's, it's a picture of me. It's clearly one that I use for press. So it's out all over the place. So there's not a whole lot I can do about that now. Thanks for this feedback. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. People, uh, people shock me. I, I'm an optimist. I believe in people. And then sometimes I, I just don't understand where the filter went. There is not. What went wrong? I believe that people, I don't believe that people are intentionally malicious. That is where I do have faith in humanity to, to a, you know, to a point. But they don't think about what they're saying and they just say these things and then you try to correct them and they they double down and they make it worse but like in what world would you ever walk up to another human being and be like this publicity picture of you which you clearly chose out of hundreds of pictures to put on your website yeah as a greeting to your fans makes you look really old and terrible I think you, in those moments, that's a terrible moment. It's very insulting. How would you spin this? Oh, you want to know how to spin master? Yeah, let's do this because this is the diplomacy part. How would you answer this? So somebody comes up to me, says something obnoxious like that. Well, for me, first, I go quiet. 
I go quiet and I decide where I want to go. So this is slow motion me telling you, and I will get your answer. I love this. Let's do it. So the first part of me is battling, is battling with do you use that silver tongue nuclear bomb logic and vocabulary that you have, or do you just keep this show moving? So in that split second, I decide how I want to react. And if I'm in a, in a professional setting and I'm representing me, or if in your case, your show, you're about to do what you do, I would just look at them and I would probably say, oh, that's, that's lovely, thank you. And then I would walk away, something like that, and they'd be probably confused or they could tell that they stepped in it. It would be a very curt answer. Yeah. And then later I would decide, should you have gone full in on them? or not. And I, I don't want to say I struggle with it because I look for the out and then I just get disappointed in them. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much, I feel disappointment for them. Yeah. I yeah. actually, I'm going to take that advice mm -hmm. because I am a little more uh, reactionary when it comes to things, especially when I'm tired and not feeling well, which I was on Saturday. But we're all different. That's Sure. But because I engaged I was forced to speak further with this person. Mm. So at my own detriment to try and correct her and tell her that she was being rude, I invited more conversation with this person that clearly has not thought through how to talk to other humans. So I'm going to try the Jason Keller approach. And I appreciate how you said later on, see, you and I are like kind of reverse. Like later on, you probably have a whole conversation with how you would have dressed this person down. I have, you know, very similar, but I do have in the moment, I decide where I want to go with it. And I think like, well, I could just rip you a new one and talk about your appearance, but I don't feel comfortable that way because it just doesn't feel good. So yes, I think anytime somebody has said something that has slighted me or is obnoxious or is a hater type compliment or not comment like that, I do, I get quiet and I generally look at them for a couple of seconds and I think that communicates something because they generally stop and they can tell that they did something that did not please me. And that might be even more confusing and more hurtful for them because they took the time to talk to me and I just met you with silence yeah. because of what you just said. I'm going to try that. Just another technique. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to try it. Try it out. Because I know that I, I give really good looks that could like stop somebody dead in their tracks. I could see that. So I kind of feel bad for somebody if they were on the receiving end of one of those faces that I would make when you tell me that. Aaron, try the look. What you just did to me right there. Were you scared? Very. <laughs> mm -hmm. Very scared. All right. The unflappable Jason Keller just got scared by my face. Very scared. I didn't show it, but I felt it. You didn't it. show it. I could feel it too. Yeah. It got tense in here. You know, my dad always said even to me, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm very close to my family. I'm very fortunate that my parents are still here. I, I never take uh, advantage of those moments. No, I mean, I never- um, For granted. Thank you. You're welcome. Take it for granted. And, you know, we're on this constant thread, this mm -hmm. text thread, my mom, dad, my sister and I. And, you know, my dad always, even at a young age, told me like, you know, Jason knows how to keep it cool. Somehow I tapped into that at an early age. It doesn't make it better or worse than anybody else. Just description of this one of billions of people. That's just sort of my thing. I, I think people lean on that in certain times. And I will say that has helped me immensely in some very big chapters in broadcasting, mm -hmm. being able to be like that. Well, yeah, I mean, you you are representing not only a station, but like a, a, an amazing station. And you obviously 
respect the station and don't wish to be removed from the airways. So you probably have to have a little more um, discretion when it comes to how you react in certain cases. I, as a, you know, self-employed um, person, luckily, I mean, I should probably be a little less quippy when it comes to things, but, you know, nobody can fire me. That's true. So I got that going for me. Right. You can get kicked out of clubs, but there's lots of other clubs. Yeah, but, you know, I like I'm, I'm in well with so many of these places that like I actually I, I, I have to share with you. Real sure. quick. I reached a kind of breaking point. I took a step back from playing some live shows earlier this year, and it's been coming up a lot in conversation. And it's because I realized that I was just getting short patience with these people. And I played to be fair. It was the night after I played Cafe Lena, which was my first time there. I sold out. I sang all my original songs that's, to a that's pretty magical to be to able to a do captive audience. It was really it, and that is a great room, legendary, and also the way they mix it and it was just the whole thing. The whole thing, yeah. Like it, just I can't even describe how good it felt. And then the next night, I had a bar gig with my band, and I love playing with my band. I have a great time with them. And this guy kept putting his beer on the stage Ooh. and then he and his girlfriend were hitting the tops of each other's bottles so there was beer spraying all over the place party time and there were multiple times throughout the song that i'd be like stop doing that stop doing that guys knock it off and i got security mm -hmm. and i said just keep an eye on them and of course every time security would come look they weren't doing it so it, like this went on for for the good a good portion of the night and i reached a point where i snapped the guy put his bottle on the stage and I picked it up by the top upside down. Oh, damn. I picked the neck of it and I said, how many fucking times? And I underhand hit him in the back with it. I threw the beer bottle at him. And you had your moment like when a teacher freaks out on the students. Yeah. You had your moment. And I yelled through the mic, get them the fuck out of here. Security got them, got them out. I went down, I apologized to a few gentlemen in the front who got hit with collateral beer. And uh, it was funny, I, I, I had to laugh about it because they were like, no man, that was fine, it was fine. And I get back up on stage and they're like belly up to the stage for the rest of the night, like with like heart-shaped eyes, like, you know, throw another beer bottle. Oh, I don't yeah. know, some people like seeing shit like that. I felt bad, I apologized to the band. I said, I'm sorry, I lost my temper. And they were all like, hey, it's fine. But here's my point. I, I said something to the owner and to the staff there. I said, I'm really sorry that I did that. And every single one of them were like, honestly, like, don't even worry about it. Like, But it's you. It's how you felt. Yeah. But back to, you know, being a, a you know, a contractor, a, like a, you know, a solo mm -hmm. self-employed. I'm saying I threw a beer bottle and I still kept my gig. So that was just a That's, long way around to answer that question. It took you a second. <laughs> but you know what? That means that you should keep pursuing what you do. Yeah. Some people are not best with a boss. No. No. In fact, during the pandemic, my old boss from the county, whom I adore, he was a fantastic boss. I still speak with him regularly. I love his wife. I go out to lunch with his wife all the time. I just, I love this man. And he said, you know, if you need to, we can find something for you. And I was like, I would rather kill myself. Like I will but it's figure nice something that out. People will say that. It was so nice. And by the way, that's a, there's a, something great and timeless about that phrase. My old boss from the County. Yeah. <laughs> something about that sounds. I did time at County. You know, I always feel like, cause like it did it. feel a lot like jail, but yeah, but 
Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine after I, cause my, I just had my 10 year anniversary of quitting my day job. And I remember when you did that. Yeah. That's huge. Going back. There's no going back. I couldn't work for somebody. You very, you've been out in the wild too long. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't be an indoor cat. Now. No, I'm, <laughs> I cannot be an indoor no, you're cat. outdoor cat. I am a total outdoor cat. Yes, you are. Yes. So you've been here 10 years. Yes. Where were you right before this? Is that where we, when did we meet? You and I <clears throat> met early 2000s when I worked at the radio station, now defunct station, Channel 1031. 1031. Which is a great Albany, New York rock station. Yeah. And I had my local music show called Big Break, mm -hmm. which um, I met so many amazing musicians that I still bump into in the most random places all the time. And I, I just cannot recognize everybody. It's been so long and so many musicians. I mean, I could be buying an Amtrak ticket in Rensselaer or something like, Mr. Keller. I feel like I'm in Fight Club and they're like, like I'm Tyler Durden and these people yeah. just keep calling me out. And I'm like, oh yeah, you were in that band. And you know, it just, it means a lot. Cause yeah. I, I had a great time with that show. So you and I met. Well, they didn't <clears> attach then. themselves to you like, like fungi, like I did. So I was like, no, that's okay. That's I was like, you, you think you're interviewing me once and playing my song, but you are stuck with me <laughs> for, for a lifetime. For the rest of your life. Uh, before I was at EQX, I was at, and I uh, was in the marketing and media department of a law firm. Oh. Yes. So you did that in between 1031 and here. 1031 went off the air and it was what they call format flip. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I was out of a job which I love that radio station. But at the same time, I was feeling like, what is next? What yeah. is next? And then the station went off the air. You don't really get warning. No. No. They were like, hey, can you come down to the office? And I was like, yeah. I was so dumb. That day when they wanted me to come down to the office, I'd just been back from vacation all week. And I had planted some seeds about some ideas I had before I went on vacation. So my boss at the time pops his head in. I was doing the morning show. And he goes, hey, Jason, you want to uh, come down the hall for a minute? And I said, yeah. As I'm walking, I was like, good. Finally, listen to my ideas. <laughs> I got a ton of ideas. Finally, it's my time to shine. Aww. Oh, yeah. And then as I was walking down the hallway, it felt quiet. And something in me um, just said, this is um, something's, something's, something's going on. Something's not right. Yeah. And then I got walked into the bigger boss's office. And um, it was like the I was in the end game of a video game. Oh. It was like a wall I couldn't go. And he's he walked out, shut the door, and then I was with the bosses of the bosses. And then there was already uh, there was like an agreement with my name on it. They're like, okay, if you want to <clears throat> sign this, and I was like, well, yeah, okay, let me just read it first. And then I was out, and they're like, we're going in a different direction. And I was like, well, I don't work here anymore. Tell me what direction. They're like, doesn't matter what direction. We're going elsewhere. And I'm cool with all those people now too. Yeah. But I kind of viewed it as a way to do something different. That was the universe telling you it was time to move on. It, it was. But then the funny thing is sometimes you turn down some jobs right after that other broadcast jobs came. And I didn't want to do this at all. And then there comes that point where you turn down one too many jobs and there's nothing. Mm -hmm. And you are at the bus stop and there are no more buses running for the night. And you just are kind of stuck mm. because you thought, oh, my, my skill set is not so good. And then I just did a whole bunch of other things, unemployed, taking classes, different jobs, all, all good. And then that job, the law firm, 
was like the next next level of PR jobs and lobbying firms and going to school, taking MBA classes at University of Albany, all these things. And then I was at this job doing a lot. It was it was a lot of work and it was I liked the work at points, but it was just I felt it was time. And then one day I got a voicemail from Jeff Morad, who does mornings and was the new program director. Never heard of him. Yeah, he's got a beard. <laughs> and so he left me a voicemail. And I had already known these these folks here from doing a little part time and small industry yeah. you know, people. They have a halfway decent reputation. And he said, hey, Jason, I want to talk to you. And it was the kind of job where I could not talk or fool around or anything. It was just busy, busy, busy. Yeah. And so I remember thinking that day when I heard Jeff's voicemail from EQX, I just walked around a little lighter that day at that law firm. And I had an office with the tie and yeah. the, uh, the whole thing. And I thought, man, I could, I don't have to be here. I might leave. But I had a certain allegiance to them because they trained me and put up with my mistakes. And I learned and then thrived. But then I met with Jeff and Amber, who used to do afternoons. Oh, I miss Amber. Amber Miller. Yeah, she's a great radio she's pro She's in Philly in now, right? Yep. Yeah. And... So we had a good conversation, the three of us. She was leaving. Jeff was coming in. And then I gave that place uh, three weeks notice. That's plenty. Let me tell you, three weeks is amazing. Because at two weeks, you don't need to do anything more. I had that extra week of being paid. And all I did was loiter. And people came around were like, hey, nice to meet you and everything. They wanted me to go. <laughs> they said, can you stop coming here? I was like, no, I like it here. I had nothing to do. <laughs> so that was fun. And then I came here. That's awesome. Yeah. My last uh, two weeks, um, I had been pushed. Like, it was perfect timing. I had just been pushed too far at this at job. The state? Yeah, county. My old boss at the county. Back at the county. Because uh, they kept combining jobs for my position. And I would be like, cool, so I get two salaries. And they're like, <laughs> that's not how that works. Not how it works. And so I went to get trained to do yet another thing with this woman that I just did not want to work with. And I sat next to her and she started showing me something and I just fucking checked out. And I just said, you know what? I go, I, I'm going to stop you. I think, I think I quit. In the middle of the project? Yeah. Wow. And she goes... What? I go, yeah, I'm sorry. I go, I think I'm going to quit. And I just got up and I walked back to my desk. And I said to my new wow. supervisor, because I had just been moved again, I said, um, I didn't want to waste any time learning something new because I'm pretty sure I'm going to quit. That is a very clear moment. Yeah. And it felt really good to say. And she was like, really? I go, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But I was like walking around like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I quit. It's kind of rare. You don't always get those moments where you act on them. Yeah. A lot of times you just think, I guess I got to learn this thing today. Well, here's the fun thing, if I could tell you this. Yeah. Um, uh, my sober friends definitely appreciate this story. I was really worried about the one thing that was holding out was that I have a connection between uh, sobriety and like financial security. And I was worried that if I quit my job and I like started to go broke, I would be compelled to, to drink or use again. And so I was, that was my big hang up. And so I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a spiritual person. Like we had this discussion earlier, but like in, in AA, they, you know, they have the, a lot of the God talk and like your God can be anything you want. And for me, it's a fucking tree. You know, it's like that, whatever I need to look at, to talk to, to, to turn it over to. And I just said, I need a sign that quitting my job is the right thing to do. And I'm not kidding you. 
within minutes, my phone rang. And I had been waiting to hear back about this regular nightly weekly gig in Lake George, which would have gotten me over the hump of like quitting the job. And I would have had, you know, some extra money and been able to make it work. And it was that guy. But he goes, is this Aaron? I said, yes. And he goes, Bill Wilson here. Bill Wilson is the founder of AA. Whoa. And I know Bill and Wilson are both common names, but to pick up the phone after you've just asked the universe to give you a sign and have somebody go, Bill Wilson here, I almost like threw my phone. I was like, that's, that's unusual. Yeah. And I ran like right out of the building and went to a meeting and I couldn't wait for my turn to share. I'm like bouncing. And they were like, who would like, and I'm like, the hand goes up and I had to tell everybody and I said it and everybody was like, whoa. I was like, so I'm quitting. I was like, once I get back today, I'm putting in my notice and that's it. It was just really. How long did you go? Was it the two week notice? I gave him two weeks, but I loitered from the second I turned in that note. Yeah. There you go. You're not getting shit out of me. Did you have. Did you wear sensible shoes and a name badge? No. <laughs> I had a lanyard. <clears throat> yes, I guess you could say my shoes were fairly sensible. I was actually more dressy than most people. Okay. And it wasn't much more than what you see right now. Like, I could wear jeans and a t-shirt. There were people that wore, like, sweats. Like, not nice sweats. Like, I know joggers are big now. Yeah. But, like, I'm talking, like, the the cheap, like, Hanes sweats and stuff like that. So, I was always like, people, like, what are you so dressed up for? I'm like, because I'm... At a place of employment. Exactly, because I left my home <laughs> because I'm, they pay me. Because I'm not on my porch or in <clears throat> yeah. my living room watching football. Like, get it together. Yeah, why does that have to be explained? Run a comb through your hair. Like That's all? Yeah. A little comb? Yeah. A little picture day comb, those little black ones they give you? <laughs> you get one for free. There's probably one on the bathroom floor. You can go find it. It's fine. Those little ones. But thank you for indulging me and letting me share that. Yeah, little, absolutely. Little, it's great when the universe kind of, like Jeff called you. He, um... <clears throat> yeah, he called me and we just, him and I always had a connection and we have, you know, Jeff and I are, we're so different, but we're so compatible mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And I think that's been the beauty of our connection. And I'm glad, especially Jeff and I collided at EQX, you know, for 10 years, he's been here a little, little longer, but Jeff in mornings, myself in afternoons, we have a great staff. We have joy in middays, Luke at night. We have so many different hosts on the weekends, so many different talented people this is a, a unique spot you're sitting in right yeah here. i know it always seems like a very like chill group of people and that's that's awesome it is but you know like everything else we gotta there's things to be done you know it's i think that's part of also what we put out to the world is there's a lot of like everything else a lot of work that goes in yeah but i do get the sense that people who listen to eqx definitely have a connection with this station i've, I've seen it enough i've heard it i've been a part of it and the radio, when it all comes down to it, is still just about connection and companionship. Make people laugh, uh, make them tell them about something, maybe breaking news or an event coming up or something trivial or something insightful. Who knows? But if you can grab their attention for even 12 seconds, you're doing something. Which is all you get these days. Pretty much. Yeah. But that's great. And I mean, it's such a great thing to be a part of. It really does. I mean, I love listening. The music is just, it's always just so fucking hip man it's like you know it's beyond me i sometimes have to shazam stuff on this <laughs> i work here yeah no that's awesome but it's yeah. like 
Yeah, it's just it's just so great. I love the independent aspect of it, of course, because it's everything crazy. else is just you know what you're going to hear when you turn on the other stations. And like when you talk to people that program at other stations, and not knocking them at all, but like I I you know I'm always networking, I'm always talking to people, and like you find try and find like your angle, like you know what 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 can this relationship yield for me in some sense, and like they're just very clear about wow, I get told what to play. You know, but not like, a, not everybody at these big stations. No, but a lot. Uh, somehow, probably some of the on-air people might do that if they're not in a programming mm -hmm. position. But yes, there are. There's a lot of places. There's where, a lot more rules than there are here. Yes, accurate. There's a lot more layers of okay. people at other places. That's what we have here. Is we have we don't have that. We don't have consultants. We don't have a team of invisible managers. We don't have that. So you can walk down the hall and knock on the door of the person that you need permission from. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're trusted, the the asking for permission is something you do out of respect and making sure that it's on the right page. But if you're already in this group of like, well, this person's trustworthy and they kind of get it. Most of us are just kind of moving things forward. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I do feel for a lot of people at other stations who maybe just feel a little stifled because of those the layers of people they don't get to meet yeah exactly yeah so i mean again it's just such a unique experience but you know again not that you want to leave this beautiful place but if you had like like a dream next level next step what what do you think it would be what does that look like for you is that something in fantasy land yeah or, it can be fantasy like, land can i like just like the matrix i can get the learning program yeah everything i think being a cardiologist really yes but i have no training for that <laughs> very little aptitude but if anything in the <laughs> cardiologist jason keep reaching that's beautiful i actually would like if anything in the medical or sciences world which again nowhere in my life has shown yeah, that that's... any aptitude for wow that. yeah um that's why you're here to ask me random. Questions. I know, you don't but know I, where least, it's coming from. Like some of my like random dreams and ambitions are at least somewhat in line with things that I've already done. Like when I tell people yeah. I was going to be an event planner, or I'm looking into being a publicist. They go, "Oh, that makes sense," and then yeah. you just completely derailed me with you know like seven years of medical school and at least at least plus the aptitude. I would say this is something again. I've looked at this, and I just this is not me selling myself short. It has nothing to do with that. But I would love to take my love and knowledge of sound and people and i wish i could be an audiologist and work with people who can't hear or need hearing aids or want to you know get past that boundary of what does it feel like look like that that to me would be something cool that that makes more sense than the cardiologist yeah, yeah. not that i mean we did say fantasy so hey yeah. you know cardiology but like audiologists i had to go see one when i got fitted for my uh, custom in-ear monitors okay. and they make you put like you have to put like a block in your mouth really while they pour the stuff into your ear what? so that your jaw is like locked and they're always like you're going to drool and of course you're like i i can handle i'm not I can you know? handle it and sure enough like you just like they hand you a tissue you're just like drooling like an ogre while you sit there for like 10 it's minutes while look. they do it it's a really cute look yeah so just so you're aware when okay. you become an audiologist you're going to see people of all attractive levels drooling 
This How is do you more feel about drool? Oh, drool is fine. I can handle that. Okay. I'm not freaked out by a lot of All things right. like that. And then I'd say in the entertainment industry mm -hmm. is just, I don't know, maybe just an expanded footprint of this kind of work. Okay. Yeah. What does that look like, though? Like more festivals, more live kind of experiences? Bigger or... audience. Bigger, okay. And whatever that looks like, bigger audience. Yeah. Okay. Don't know. Well, I think my seven listeners will probably be able to make that dream happen for you. You're so. up to like nine <laughs> to 12. Hey, you know what? I love that you started this because you've always had a lot of ambitions. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, someone's like, why don't you take a day off, do this? And, you know, I don't, doesn't matter where that comment came from or who said it, but who's to stop any of us? Yeah. You know, why not try? Yeah. Yeah. This is, I'm, I've honestly been enjoying this a lot more than I thought I would because, I'm just getting to have some great, intriguing conversations with some of my favorite people and meeting some people that I don't really know that well yet. And so this has been great. And I appreciate your kind words. And thank you for everything you did for me early on. You were one of the first people to play me on the radio. That's right. I, I played a song. I heard your voice and I heard the story you were saying. And again, in those those days of that show, which Big Break is not something that nobody else has done. If you have a decent radio station in America, you should have, like, especially rock music mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever you want to call it. You should have a local music show. You really should. And we do have one here, EQ Exposure, which Pearson hosts. And the show has had many hosts and they all do it different. He does a great job. Yeah. And I heard your music and your voice stood out, what you were doing. It's a song that I still like. And you, last time we spoke, you cringed because maybe it's like, you know, umpteen heartbreaks ago or, or yeah. a way that we, you know, we evolve with how we handle heartbreak. Sure. But check it out. Aaron Hark's Radio Off. Ah. Yeah. I like that song. You can't sell me on not liking it. So I played it. But what I always said to even uh, yourself or any of the other musicians I met while doing this is... I always picked the music because I thought it would sound good on the radio. And what else is, I work at a radio station. My job is to make sure things sound good. It's, but that's such a huge compliment. So thank you for it that. It is. And I never wanted anything on that show. And I still believe in it is I never wanted it to be an open mic night. Yeah. Because it Fair. shouldn't be because we're trying to attract an audience and it is a compliment to the people. And I would meet people with styles of music that did not suit me. But I, I back away from that. And, you know, people can take it however they want with my certain brand of diplomacy. But I would say, you know, you guys sound like you're probably amazing in person, but I'm just not getting it on this recording and I have to play it on the radio. And if somebody didn't take that well, I never said it wasn't worth your while yeah. or you shouldn't dream, but... I'm in the radio business. Yeah, we gotta no, make you, it sound good. You gave me a very diplomatic answer to one of my new recordings a few years ago, and I appreciated it. And the way you put it, like, I feel like from anybody else, I would have been like, well, "Fuck that guy." But like the way you put it, I was like, "Okay." Like, I I walked away like not defeated. Just I got exactly what you meant. You have a job to do. You're not like you can't just play your friends' fucking demos just because you know you're friendly with them because. You know, you have coffee together. I get and that. That also is what happened. That is the power, the responsibility of power for anybody in any radio programming position, and especially a place like EQX. And part of that magic is the autonomy. And it is really fun to be able to do that with music in an environment like this. But just because you have that ability doesn't mean you should flex that muscle. Like, I can play anything I want. Yeah. So, do you like pushing away listeners? 
And I'm not talking about experimental stuff or taking a shot. I'm talking about something that needs to be recorded a little better. Yeah. You know, maybe even from a technical standpoint. Or, or you know what? Some people, I've seen it rub them the wrong way. Like, if they're not getting any traction here, I'll recommend other stations. Yeah. And I'll give them names. Now, with that in mind, have you ever considered doing anything in, like, the music production realm? No. No? No. Like, because when you said it should be recorded differently, would you have more input on something like that? I could see myself, if anything, in that world as a producer. I have an ear. I understand fundamentals of song structure. I'm not a songwriter. I'm not a producer. But I've heard so many songs and been in a lot of studios and a lot of recording. But I am not, by definition, nor by true qualifications, a sound engineer. Mm -hmm. I know those people. I know you've worked with them. And they're different. But engineer and producers are different things. True. So true. producer can be like, why don't you try this? Or why don't we bring in a cello? Or why don't you, you know go higher with that note or pull back a little bit like that would that, be more of a producer thing. I could see you being very good at that. I think so. I could walk into a room and just quietly look and I go, mm -mm. yes, mm. close. You're hired. You think so? Yeah. I hear, mm. You know what? Can I give you some, a little info for any up and coming musician? Yes. This is the key thing that I heard so many years with doing the, the new music people who are just, they're feeling it out. So I understand that. Shorten up those intro times. Mm -hmm. Get to it. Get to it. If you want to make a radio song, if you want to record and it's just coming out of you, do whatever you like. Yeah. Of course. But if you're trying to get the attention of radio folks or label folks, they do want you to get to it. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, for me, I think um, whenever I'm listening to something, I almost get anxious. So do I. That it hasn't started yet. And I think a lot of other people feel the same way. And so, and there are some people that like they have, you know, their their pride and their ego and they're recording something. And it's like, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But if you want something that's like commercially successful or something, you have to be willing to take feedback from some people. Or you can just keep doing your grassroots thing, do what you do and hope for the best. I mean, a lot of my favorite artists have never had a lot of commercial success, you know, but something took somewhere they have at least one song that got some you know yeah. play that made on people's radar a little bit and so i started like doing this one like nashville thing where you would send music and get feedback and stuff like that but the feedback to me seemed um counterintuitive it was like you need to explain yourself here but also this song is too long i'm like well what the fuck how am i supposed to explain myself in three minutes like i have a lot to say clearly that's tough for songwriters <laughs> yeah i like feedback when it's in my favor I like, well, duh. I like when i send things out and people go this is incredible where have you been my whole life i do i think we all sell ourselves on wanting good feedback and then it's is horrible but it depends you know, I heard you say, especially in your first one, that and I thought this was pretty interesting that you think that over time your skin is getting thinner. Oh, yeah. And I thought that's a pretty interesting thing because a lot of times people think it's thicker. No. No. I think I think rather than thinner skin, I would say it's probably more accurate to say my patience is getting thinner. Like, I can take it. Um. I would say probably if I could take that back, it would be patience more than skin because like I can take it and like I am getting a little bit tougher when it comes to certain things. I find that the best way to take power from somebody that's trying to like, 
like get the best of you mm. or like even in jest, like when somebody tries to play Joe, like, you know, like call me a bitch and I'll be like, you're right. Like, who have you been talking to? You know, like, is that supposed to hurt my feelings? You know, you just take their power away. Yeah. So I can handle stuff like that. Um, but my patience for, I, I just don't want to hear from people that pose no positive influence on my life. 100%. You know, so the older I get, the more like somebody comes up and they're like, you know, and I'm like, I don't fucking care. Just move it along. <laughs> no, I don't know. Go home and tell your sock puppet. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Now, is that what you tell them? Which, because you asked earlier about diplomacy advice. Is that internal dialogue or external dialogue? It depends on how long they've they've started with me. So sometimes it's, I, I'm going to be better about not having that be the first thing out of my mouth. Like I give them the benefit of the doubt. Be like, maybe they'll get to their point. Maybe they'll say something softer and friendlier in a little bit. But it's also like when I'm setting up or when I'm actively performing that people will be like, hey, and I'm like, well, this is also a problem with people not being able to read body language mm. or the moment. And we are all stepping in it one way or the other all the time. But there are some, you know, chronic people who uh, just can't figure it out. Like your body's in motion, like you're plugging things in and it's, you know, it's tough. Hey, where do you play? You know, like, you know, any Billy Joel or like, but it's just like. I got to tell you, anybody who plays in or has played in bars those kind of gigs, especially solo ones, that is an incredibly difficult thing to do because you are set up in an, in an environment where you may or may not be the main attraction. There's a lot of distractions. People think you're you know, one of those digital touchtone jukeboxes. Do you have to know every song? And it's gotta be tough because it takes so much time to learn how to play the guitar and to sing and to memorize and do everything. Then just have some dipshit yeah. ruin your moment. Well, one of my favorite responses to people is when they ask for something and I say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know that. And they go, <sighs> and I go, I know, I'm a huge disappointment. That's pretty good. And then they go, well, no, I didn't know. And I go, no, it's, and I like smile and laugh That's and I start line. the next song. But it's like, you, you did for a moment look at me as though I kicked your puppy because I don't know. And you've asked for a song like, you know, you asked for like Mudvayne. Like, why would you think that that's something that, yeah. you know, that's a ridiculous thing? Do you now, know? maybe a stripped down version maybe. of Mudvayne, but that's kind of. But oh, if you've very heard narrow. everything that I've played thus far and something in your head made you think that I might know Corn. Uh, like you're you're fooling yourself. You you're setting yourself up for disappointment. But with the way they throw their hands up, like I ruined their whole fucking day. It's just it, it cracks me up. But you that's know, why I'm not taking those things anymore. Understood. You know, you just you mentioned bands like Corn and Mudvayne, and that was a big part of my radio career pre EQX. That station 103.1, we played a lot of that stuff, and we don't do that here at EQX. It's like a, just a different world, and bands like Seether or Disturbed. I love all that stuff. Sure, but I. I like where my chapter has gone with this kind of music. Yeah. That EQX is an eclectic place. It's a commercial radio station. We, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is very familiar. There's a lot of stuff that is new and is an uphill battle for the for the random listener who's not, you know, tapped in to this. It's not Eagles Hotel California. It's it's not um, Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Know, the world has enough of it. So we're here yeah. doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. It has been so great. I feel like you and I could talk for hours, but maybe we'll just have to set up a, another interview sometime we'll, we'll, down the road. We'll do it again. I appreciate it. I know when you started this and you asked me to be a part of it, 
I was excited about it. And I don't usually get to have these kind of, you know, interview recorded conversations. So I enjoyed it. And we're here in one of the many interesting rooms. Well, you should be. Yes. I mean, you're delightful. This has been wonderful. I appreciate it, Aaron. And and best of luck with your new podcast venture. Thank you so much. And best of luck with your cardiology career. Thank you. You know what? I'm going to reconsider it. It's a lot of schooling, but thank you. And everyone should have a dream. I love your dream. Thank Um, you. You should produce, you know. I'll, I'll bring you on as a producer for my upcoming. You know what? You're throwing me into it and you're describing it. And I think I actually probably do have that skill set Yeah. at this point. Like, Not an engineer, but a producer. Producer for sure. We're, yeah. we're going to talk because my goal is to get my music on EQX. So. Well, you've already worked your way in the building. I have. That's I what I do. You're very close. That's what I do. very sharp. Again, <laughs> let, me just, let me just try it out. Producer, musicians are in a room. I hear something. Mm. Close. How's that? It works. Okay. I, I'm I'm responding to it. Okay. Hey guys, you know what? Try a little more. Let's go get some lunch. My treat. That is sound good. Sold. Am I a producer? Sold. I feel like one. I'm wearing black. You've, I'm, you've I'm offered in, food. Food. I'm in the color of <laughs> rock and roll here. Jeans, black shoes, black shirt. You heard it here first, guys. We got budding music producer Jason Keller. We'll still let you work at the station though, but I think you know we found. If you have time in between heart surgery. I will try. I am ambitious too, so I will try. I love it. All right. Thank you so much, Jason. And uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. This has been a lot of fun. Follow Jason Keller. You're on all the social medias and stuff like that. Instagram, Facebook. I don't know my Twitter password anymore, so I'm Uh, off there. I'm done with that. But, you know, obviously listen to EQX. Support local independent radio. Oh, yeah. Let me just let me get a little plug for EQX. Please do. 1027 EQX FM, uh, the EQX app, and we are, of course, streaming WEQX.com, my show, 3 to 7, Monday through Friday, and the Sunday Rewind, 9 to 11 on Sundays. Music from maybe like the late 70s to early 2000s. Love it. Tune in, guys. Get the app. Tune in. You can even listen to uh, Jeff, too, I guess. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, he's there. He's there. I do love Jeff. Jeff is a machine. Yeah, yes. He is his own human being. Jeff is the Forrest Gump of radio. He has, and he know I've told him that he has stumbled into more interesting opportunities. I love Jeff's story. And yeah. He is a very unique and um, focused individual. We'll have to get him on next. The best compliment yeah. he ever gave me, we were hired to open for the spin doctors at Stratton Mountain. Oh, yeah. And we were hired specifically to do nineties covers. And we have, uh, no diggity Wonderwall medley that we do. Wow. And I'm not a huge Oasis fan, but our version of it doesn't really sound anything like it. And he came up to me afterwards and he goes, I hate that song. And I love what you did with it. And I was like, that is one of the best compliments I've ever gotten in my whole life. That is a Jeff way of putting it. I was just, I felt cool. Well, Jeff does not, he does not give false compliments. And when he goes to so many shows, anybody here, by the way, at the station, the man has gone to more shows and festivals than anyone I've ever met. I believe it. So when he sees a musician playing and doing something different with a song, his programming ear is kind of always tuned in. Yeah. And when he's feeling it, he'll say. It was definitely in like the top compliments I've gotten in my career. So I love that. I'll have to get him on next. That's what's amazing about the things we say to people. Yeah. They resonate things. in the best way possible. They can stick with you for a long, long time. Wonderful. All right. Thank you again, Jason. Thank you, Aaron. I'll talk to you soon.
You are listening to the Mistress of None podcast with the amazing Jason Keller from EQX. We'll see you in a bit. You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. Hello, hello, hello. You are listening to Mistress of None podcast. This is Aaron Harks. Uh, so much fun today talking with Jason Keller, old friend, good friend, beast when it comes to the local music scene. He was so great to me when I first started out. I'm, I'm really in awe of him. He was not only the first one to play my music on local radio, but he was the, also the first one to have me like in studio on radio. And we just found an old picture of us in the newspaper where he was interviewing me. And I mean, it's a toss up over who had a worse haircut. Definitely both had a little extra curl going on, maybe not using the proper product, but what are you going to do? Full disclosure, I'm recording this at Sakandaga Lake, the great Sakandaga at a friend's house. I'm sitting outside because it's an unseasonably warm October day. And it has been completely silent for the past hour and a half. And as soon as I started recording, some jet skis came bouncing around. So, like, sorry, not sorry, because this view is really incredible. And I just want to let you know, if you hear some errant noise in the background, that's what that is. So I want to thank Jason for coming on the podcast today. Uh, if you have anybody that you want to hear interviewed or think might be a fun interview, feel free to let us know. We are on Mistress of None on Facebook, on Instagram. Everybody pretty much knows how to reach me at AaronHarks.com. Uh, please like, listen, follow, share with your friends, share with your enemies. I don't care. Just because you don't like them doesn't mean they're cool people. And um, somebody buy me a jet ski because that looks like an awful lot of fun. We only have a few days of this left. This Indian summer here in upstate New York. And i um, I have, uh, I'm going to be recording a few more intros and outros here, so you're going to hear a little bit more about this, and that's just how that goes. But thank you, guys, as always, for tuning in. Uh, we have some really exciting guests coming up, and we can't wait to share them with you. So thanks a lot. This is Aaron Harks, Mistress of None. We'll see you next week. Bye.